You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. Coming back with you with another interview here. And this here is another second time guest. This is starting to become a little bit of a norm. Last time we had this guy on, it was an absolute smash. So we're uh, excited to get him back on again. And his life has changed a little bit. So we could talk, we're going to talk to him a little bit about how life has changed, what's going on, how's his business going, and uh, where he's growing and some things that he's learned. Because uh, I know there's going to be some shifts in this man's business and this man's life. So I'm absolutely ready for it. And so today we've got Mr. Sergio Nazaro back again, real estate extraordinaire from 8Z Real Estate. Sergio, welcome back. How you doing, brother? Well, it feels good to be back. It's good to see you guys. Right? I always I get to hear you guys and kind of see you guys, but like I know it's hard to stay connected as we, uh, well, at least as life changes, as you said. So it's uh, life is good, and it's good to good to be back on here. Nice man. Yeah, we'll get we'll get right into it. Yeah, we haven't connected as much because we had COVID happen, and then we were a part of you know kind of the same mastermind group, so we'd at least see each other what at least probably like four times a year there yeah. for a while, and then you know life changes a little bit, but it's all good, man. We all adapt and overcome and adjust. So, but you know, as we always do, we always ask you success without sacrifice. Let's see if your answers changed at all. So whenever you hear success without sacrifice, what does that mean to you? And what we don't mean is that you're not going to have to sacrifice in order to have success. But what we do mean is that we don't want you to sacrifice the things that you love in order to have success. So what does that mean to you, Mr. Sergio? I think it's all about figuring out what your priorities are and uh, making sure that the decisions that you make on a daily basis align with those. Because for the longest time, you know, I was chasing, I, to be honest, I was just chasing the paycheck and uh, nothing wrong with that, but um, it can put you out of whack. And so success without sacrifice right now for me is just making sure that my values align with, you know, who I am as an individual. And uh, man, you want to talk about a, a constant, a constant evolution, a constant uh, check in with yourself on a daily basis. Like it can get, it's not hard, but it's definitely, you have to be vigilant with it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Definitely got to be on top of it. That's for sure. Otherwise uh, you just get off track quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, it happens like that if you're not checking in regularly, you know? So. I wonder if that's what I'd be something similar to what I said last time. <laughs> I felt like, like we'll have to go back. I find that if you don't like uh, check in, like when you get off, it's all of a sudden like you can get two, three, four months down the road of being off because you quit looking, and uh, and then you got to correct. So having that time in your daily or weekly schedule to check in on it is huge on making sure you stay on point. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just regular tools that you can use, whether that's, you know, meditation or creating silence or journaling or using people as uh, a mirror, 
right? Whether that's your wife, your kids, your family, whatever it is, I think that's a really good check-in. And Jacoba, you told me something that I've reframed for myself, but like that door frame that you walk in, you know, into your home, you check yourself before you see your family, make sure that you're right. It's really figuring out like those little things throughout the day that you can use as a check-in for yourself. So for, for sure. you, what are those check-in? Like, how do you check in? Like, what are you doing? You, you said daily a couple times there, you know, some people do it weekly, but you said daily a couple times. So what is like your routine look like? I mean, honestly, I mean, you guys, I don't really have a routine anymore. Yeah. And that's on purpose, right? Like I was living such a strict life that it didn't really align with what I'm trying to do. So my check-ins now are trying to create moments of silence throughout the day, whether that's on a walk or driving home with no radio on, right? I think that's a big one for me. I think another one is having, having deep conversations with my wife, right? making sure that she feels connected and aligned, right? Because I feel like if I'm right there, then I know that I am doing what I intend to do. And I think the last one for me really is I like to work out. And I think that brings up a lot of uh, internal voices, if you will. So I think that's a great check-in for me to feel like, where am I at today to know what I have to pay attention to? So those are the three things that I like to use. Yeah, I like that. Y'all, you still got me here? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're here. All right, good. I'm on a different different setup here, so I'm a little out of my element. But so, uh, tell me about these internal voices. I got there are a couple of things you said there I wanted to chat about, but tell me about these internal voices that come up. I think I know what you're saying. I have some internal voices whenever I'm taking a shower. Like my internal voices, I'm always got some time there, but I also have them when I work out too. But I'm interested to hear what uh, what your internal voices are there. Yeah. I mean, mine come up in the shower too. Let's, I mean, it's just quiet in there, right? It's nice, comfortable. Um, but the internal voices are like, am I doing enough right in my business? I, right now we're in this market shift. So I wonder like, what does the future look like? That is something for me. And then a big one is, am I leading by example for my family and the people in my organization? And I think a lot of it is forward facing, which creates anxiety. And I think that's a lot of the internal voices that come up. But I also think that it's a lot of, um, there, there is, you can hear, I can hear anyway, like the pressure that I'm putting on myself to live up to some expectations that I have for myself. I think those are the voices that come up a lot. Yeah, that's really good. I have, I have that as well. I use that as a tool too, whenever I'm working out. It's, it's interesting that you're working out, but the things that are coming up in your head are, am I doing enough? Am I, you know, doing enough to serve the people that are on my team and in my business and doing those things? It's interesting how those things come up while you're working out, you know? And so it's like all encompassing. It, it's just, I'm always intrigued by the, the physical and then the spiritual and the mental and how all that stuff plays in together because I'll be on the, uh, on the bike. I do, I, I always do like stints on the bike, like the the fan bike. So I'm like riding the bike or whatever. And that is exactly what comes up. Like, am I putting in as much work in my business as I am in my body? You know, am I, am I treating my kids and, and my wife with the same intentions that I'm, that I'm working out with? And a lot of times it's easy for me because I use it as a tool, right? Like I can push myself to the, to the max, but I'm trying to get that to cross over into other parts of my life and my business too. And so I think that's a really good tool. I really, I really like that. And how often do you 
approach your relationship with the same intensity that you approach your workout, the same consistency, right? Like I work out fairly regularly and some days are really intense, but like when I did that check with myself, it's like, am I approaching my relationship with Lizzie in that same manner? And I don't need to all the time, but there are times when, Hey, we should go out on a date and be like super hyper-focused on that date. You know, like this is my focus for the next four five, six, whatever hours. And it's not with my phone. It's not anything else. It's just here because when I'm working out, I'm dedicated to myself and I'm really starting to like peel that back and figure out like, I don't approach my relationships the same way that I approach some of the other things in my life with intensity and focus. It's good. So. It's good. That's why I always think the sports in workout is like the great analogy for life. Right. Cause that's, you know, when you play a game, you know exactly how long the game is, you know what the goal is, you know what you have to do. And the, it's, there's clarity to that time frame, And we don't always have that when it comes to work. Like when I go to work today, you know, I'm not treating it like a game because, you know, you know, a game that I play in or compete in because it, it doesn't have the same parameters and more sports kind of narrows that focus down or puts a magnifying glass on what, what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a level of acceptance knowing that there's no off season that it doesn't end yep. and that you're probably in some seasons of life, you're doing enough and other seasons you aren't. And it's just being okay with all of that because you can't, you can't, you can't go after burner for your entire life. It's just, it's not possible. You can't go hundred percent the entire time. Right. So you have to have those times when you know, maybe you're off a little bit and just be okay with that. Hundred percent, and we were just—I was just talking. About, we were just talking about this with some folks. I, I was at an event this last week, and we were talking about sports specifically for that reason. And we're like, "Why do we like sports? We like sports because we keep score. Like you know where you line up, you know where you're at." And I think that's a good point. Of I, so for me, I'm trying to keep score in everything that I do now. Not not like you said. To, you can be okay with it, you know. If I'm not, but it tells you where you're at. You know, it gives you, it's like a thermometer. It's like, tells you where you're, you know, where you're at. If you didn't have a thermometer and it got hot or cold, you'd be like, well, what the hell do I need to do in order to fix this situation? Like, I don't know (laughs) if you think about it, like we didn't, if we didn't have degrees and we didn't have any way to measure, you know, the temperature that would be, that would cause you so much anxiety, man. I was just like thinking about that the other day. I'm like, damn, I'm sweating like crazy. Like, what, what is this? I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing yeah. to break down, you know, like just how do you break that down in your life with your, you know, in your spouse, your obviously business is, is easier now because, you know, dials, appointments, whatever you can, you can keep score there, but I think keeping score is good. Yeah. As long as it doesn't control you. Right. In the sense that like you then place meaning on the score. Right? Exactly. That's the hard part, you know, and, and for an example, right? Like I just had, uh, Lizzie and I just had our first kid, Luca, and there's been a lot of adjustment with that, you know, like Lizzie's taking time off. She may not go back to work and I'm, I'm having to work. I mean, you guys know, right. If we don't work, we don't make money. If we don't make money, we can't provide for our family. And there's this push pull with that. I want to spend time with Lizzie, but I also want to go out and make sure that I'm providing for my family. And the score there is then obviously Lizzie feels a little bit because this is all new for us, a little bit left out because I'm having to focus on that when she wants the focus to solely be on the kid. And I completely understand that. But now it's that 
it's that, okay, well, we got to keep score in multiple aspects of our life now. And like, for me, it's like, I'm, my head is still spinning a little bit, right. As it should be. But I'm trying to also, as I said, like not put meaning on the score right now and just know that I'm doing the things that I know I need to be doing. It's really good, man. Once you throw that baby in the mix, it's like, hey, we've got to figure out what's important and what's not important. And I am only working on the things that are important, man. A hundred percent. Like I've, a lot has fallen off my plate. And like, you know, when COVID happened, I don't know about y'all, but like business and life changed. And we had to like, refigure out business. Like I was doing buyers consultations and listing consultations on camera. Having a kid has forced me to drop things off my plate in the best way possible. Like I love it. Right. Like, Nope, that's not important. Nope. That relationship don't need that. And I'm good. I'm good with all of it because now I know exactly what I want to do. And I'm, I mean, not maybe exactly, but I know more so where I want to go and who I want to be around with and the rest just falls away. And it's like, there's no stress for me with that at all. Yeah. That whole uh, marriage like changes things, you know, like on how you operate and relationships and where, but that kid really changes it. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it's, you know, way, way different. It definitely caused you to focus. That's for sure. You had said something earlier during your, when we asked you to define like success without sacrifice. And this, I think is, a this is an area that I see that you've grown in or that that's different and you, you made reference to family. So since the last time we talked to you, you've added two significant pieces to your family. And then also you mentioned the people that you're leading at 8Z. And so I know your role there has changed. And so let's talk about that growth a little bit. Like what is, uh, you know, where you've added these, uh, where your real estate, the last time we talked was more about you and what, you know, how you're trying to grow. And now you've added some people, some team members. And uh, so dive into that a little bit. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride. The last, I would say 24 months, I became a part owner at 8Z, which is phenomenal. So I'm a partner there. Um, But with that, you know, comes a lot of responsibility because at the same time, I took on uh, the role of director of coaching and training at 8Z as well. So you know, it's not just me running my business anymore. It's not just a solo entrepreneurship. I really feel like a responsibility to take the agents that want to do it and become partners and owners within the company and meet their goals. And so my whole mindset mindset around that has shifted because now I feel like a very strong responsibility to give back based on what I've learned from, from you guys, from, you know, our coaching groups that we've been in, from our conversations so that agents don't fail. And so that they can be, you know, they can create a life and a business for themselves. And so I've taken that as a very, you know, big driver for me is to give back to the community that I've came up in. And it's been great because now I have a responsibility to onboard new agents, to create a learning management system for these agents, to have quarterly trainings, weekly trainings, you name it. And that in and of itself serves me because as they grow and the business grows, my partnership and ownership in the company becomes more valuable. And so it's definitely self-serving and me serving at the same time, which has been a huge adjustment. Sounds like you got a a place to fill that coaching void. Like you had that desire. You always had that desire to to get back and coach. Um, But now you're being able to coach, but getting to see the results a little more clearly than you were. Yeah. And it's agents who actually want to do the work, right? For the longest time I was coaching agents who didn't want to do the work. It's like, yo, like, you are actually corrupting my life and my time by not doing the work. So like, 
but the people I have now, they are hungry and they want to do it. And, and it's not just growing their business. It's, it's really like focusing on their life too, because as we know that part, if that's wrong, none of this matters. hundred percent. It's all integrated, right? So you said helping agents not, I think you said, I don't know if you said not fail or what, right? So why do so many agents fail? Like why does the, why is the failure rate You've been coaching for a little while. Why is the failure rate so high for real estate agents? I just, I don't get it. What's going on here? Because the majority of them actually don't want to be real estate agents. They don't want to be real estate agents. They think they want to be real estate agents. They don't actually want to be real estate agents. What they want is the the sexiness of the real estate agent part, the the paycheck, the, the showing homes, all of that's great, but they don't want to do the work. They don't want to treat it as a job. They, they see the word hustle and they don't realize that that's just the word work, you know, with makeup on, like they they get about that. And so what I've seen is the agents who are, who are willing to work because they have a, a strong why behind what they're doing are the ones that succeed. The ones that are just doing this because they thought it was going to be an easy buck don't do well. And also the ones that don't do well are the ones that lack self-confidence. If you don't believe that you can do it, you're, I can't convince you that you're going to be able to do it, right? So I can help you get to the door, but if you can't open the door to realize like, hey, you have everything it takes, it's in here, there's nothing else we can do, right? Like you guys helped me get to the door, but you couldn't help me open the door. Like I had to jump into that and then explore all of that. And that's why I'm here. But a lot of agents fail because- I You didn't get- open the door, you breached. You went in, man. <laughs> yeah. I bought the, you know what? I bought the Darberry and then I knocked it down. Um, but no, a lot of, I can't, I, I mean, I can't get agents, some agents to knock down the door and that's fine. Like this just isn't the right career for you. Like what my biggest gripe with when people want coaching is when they say they want accountability, get a nine to five job. Like that's not, my job is not to hold you accountable. That's your job. You're an adult, do adult stuff. So <laughs> When people can't, I think that's another big one is people don't hold themselves accountable for the work. I, I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I, I want accountability because that's not just in real estate. That's that's literally in every part of life, right? Like you talk to people because we, I mean, all three of us, right? We come in contact with a lot of people and and by the nature of kind of what we do, we help a lot of people as well. But that is one thing that comes up, right? Is like, uh, well, I, need, I just need somebody to hold me accountable. And I, so I've done the strength finders and like all that stuff. I just, I always, once I start talking to people, I have to let them know up front, like empathy is like at the bottom. That's like at the bottom for me on my strength finders. So, you know, when I'm talking to people, I have a hard time like relating with them, you know, because I'm like, they're like, oh, I need to be held accountable. I'm like, dude, you got kids? You married? Like, like that's no accountability right there, man. Like, do you want to eat? Like what yeah. is going on? You know? So that's like the account. I think that's the accountability piece, but where do you think that comes from? Because that is not like, that is a hard thing for everyone. Right. So that's not like a, that's not like a real estate thing. That's everybody. Is that a cultural thing here in America? What do you think it is? Oof, I mean, I don't know. I honestly think what I, my, my, one of my other biggest gripes with agents is a lot of people feel coddled. They want everybody to push the button for them. They want everybody to do the work and the accountability part, like even as a, as a instructor, like a fitness instructor, I don't know what, I think people don't, people don't actually want what they think they want. Right. 
Because if you look at somebody else's spot in their life, they're accountable somewhere. They're accountable somewhere in their life. They just, they think they want to be accountable. They think they can hold themselves accountable for fitness or real estate or running their own business or whatever. And they, they aren't because they don't actually want it. I don't know why people lack it, but it's one of the biggest things that people want and they expect other people to give it to them and they have everything they need inside them to do it. They just have to figure out something that they want, you know, like you guys could hold me accountable to shoot a hundred free throws every single day. I'm not going to the NBA, like straight up. And plus I don't even like basketball. Right. But if you held me accountable that I had to go snowboarding a hundred days, I love that. You wouldn't even have to hold me accountable. You'd be like, Hey, you actually, you need to slow down, man. Like you're out of whack with the rest of your life. Cause I love it. I want it. I think people just need to figure out what they want. Cause a lot of people don't spend enough time figuring that part out. I like that. I like you say what you want. And then I like what you say, like you already have it. You already have it inside of you and you already want it. Right. Or you have to figure out what you want, but you already have it inside. And so it's interesting to hear that. It's like, well, if you were to hold me accountable for snowboarding, well, it's like, well, you wouldn't have to hold me accountable. Well, it's like, okay, well then now I'm not holding you accountable. Now this whole conversation makes absolutely no sense, you know? So I think that's it. You got to find, and I think that's why Gary Vee always says, find what you love, you know? And then you got Grant Cardone who says, don't find what you love, like just get good at something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you'll love it. So I think it's a balance between the two, right? You got to figure it out. But I think the key though is like, never give up. You know what I mean? Never give up, keep, keep constantly constantly uh searching for it. what do you got jerry had yes. someone to bust in but, here yeah we, well we have a uh, jacoby and i have a coach right now and uh the very first question he asked you is what do you want and so when we were all coaching together uh, you know our coach talked about the have your dream right and you know don't give up on your dream and i struggled like i could not answer that question like what's your dream i didn't have one like and then it got to be like oh my dream is okay you know i it's a little late in life for me. So I want my kids, I just need to pour into them and make sure that they get on the right track that I never was on. Well, that only works for so long until like, all right, that's not it. And so our my very first day, he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, well, that's the thing. I don't know what I want. He's like, that's bullshit. You know what you want. <laughs> it's there. You just need to figure it out. Cause what we want is there. We already know. Like you said, snowboarding, you don't have to, it's just there. I want to go snowboarding. And I think a lot of times, so the reason, another reason that I try to create moments of silence in my life is to unearth and get in tune with what I actually want. And, 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 um, I don't have this big dream. Like I don't want to own a farm or travel the world. Like all that stuff is cool, but like, I can't, that's not going to motivate me. Mm -hmm. Right. What motivates me is I, I love, I love creating videos. I love helping people. Like, I love this shit. Like, I love it so much. And like, I'm not getting paid to make videos, but I do it because I'm having a blast, you know? And that's led me to speaking opportunities. And I love speaking. Like to me, if I got to be a public speaker, I would do that. And I would do it wholeheartedly. That's what I want, right? That's what I want because that allows me to have purpose that allows me to give back. And that allows like when I'm on stage, like I, I have this energy inside me that is, is just priceless for me. And so that's taken me a long time to figure out what I want, you know, and that changes. Mm -hmm. And that's why I create moments of silence. So I can be like, is this still what I want? So I can make those right decisions because if it's not cool, see ya, that served me to get here, but that's not going to get me here. So I'm going to say goodbye. 
Exactly. And then getting to where you want to go quickly, right? So you can figure out if that's actually what you want or not. That's the other epiphany I had is like, man, I don't know if I want to do this or I want to do that. Well, it's like, all right, well, go ahead and do it. And then once you get it, you find out you don't want it. So then you just move on from it from there. You know, there's nothing wrong with that rather Mm -hmm. than like always worried about you're going to make the wrong mistake or do the wrong thing or something like that, you know? Yeah. But I think that's, uh, yeah, that's, man, that's, that's golden. So I got a question for you then. You love being on stage, you're doing all that stuff. Why are you selling real estate? You know, you, you said Grant Cardone said, uh, become really good at something. You know, I've become good at this, right? Like, I don't love selling homes. I don't. But I love seeing people's faces when they buy their first home. I love seeing people being able to sell their home and make a lot of money and then start this next chapter. To me, that's super rewarding. And I just happen to be really good at leading people through a process, leading people to a decision. And so it's lucrative. I'm good at it. It's given me a lot of time back with my family and been able to do some of the things I want. And so to me, like those conversations that I'm having with people, that's public speaking. It's just on a smaller form. This is all building towards something. And so I would be an idiot to walk away from something that I'm this good at and that I can tolerate really well because it's serving a much larger purpose. It's good, man. So you got a vision for this whole thing too? How do you, you see it ending a certain way? You got a vision for it? I think I'll probably be done selling real estate by the time I'm 50. I had to guess, you know, obviously if I could do it faster, I'll do it. But I think 50 feels right to me. And then from there, it's, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on that, whatever it is after that. I'm just trying as many things as I can along the way to figure out what the potential options are on the backside. Like I said, I don't want to coach real estate agents. But I love coaching real estate agents in my organization because it helps me. So I think there will be some type of role there. I'm not sure what that looks like quite yet. I mean, I work with Tim Adams all the time trying to figure this shit out. And I don't know what it is, guys. But (laughs) what I do know is is that I've trusted myself enough to get to where I'm at now that I know that I'll figure out where I'm going. Right? Like, I I believe in myself enough for that. It's good. That gives me enough to know that I, I can live with confidence with where I'm at right now. You got some good stuff going on, man. Still, I'm working. Yeah. Still yeah. working with Tim regularly? Yeah, we uh, meet on a weekly basis. You know, he works with a couple of Denver Broncos. So he's like, he'll come into town. And when he's in town, we'll meet up and walk, uh-huh. um, which is like, tell you what, 90 minutes with that guy on a regular basis is like, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, that's been, that's been great for me. Tell us a little bit about this baby, man. What, what's going on with uh, little Luca? And then, uh, you know, what are you excited about there? How's it being a dad? You know, all that stuff. Like, give us a little, give us a little uh, update there. Absolutely. I mean, Luca has been fantastic. I think I didn't have a, I don't know about you guys, but like, I didn't feel a real connection with him until recently, you know, like he smiled and I was like, Whoa, now it's like, you're my guy. Like we are good. And like, it gets better and better but we took him on our first vacation this past weekend. And, uh, you know, people thought we were, people were like, you're crazy for going on, you know, a trip. I was like, well, figure it out. It's, it's just gotta keep this kid alive. I think we'll be all right. And it was cool because it was like me, Lizzie and Lucas first time that we went just the three of us and, uh, have that first experience was fantastic, you know? And I think one of the most incredible moments for me was just like watching Lizzie with Luca. And realizing like, oh, she is growing as a mom. He is growing as a kid. I'm growing with them. But like seeing that, like I now have like um, this strong 
desire to, to, to fulfill and serve my family. Not that like I'm the, the caretaker or anything like that, but I have a desire to like, make sure that everything is fulfilled and taken care of and buttoned up so that we can live the life and they can live the life that they want. And so there's a switch that I don't know if it happened to you guys, but it clicked recently. And I was just like, cool, let's fucking go because this is my time. That's been, that's been one of the most incredible parts about this whole thing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I think a kid is just my opinion and I think I'm right. I think a kid changes every man's life, you know? And so I can still remember, uh, <laughs> I tell my story that switch for me was I used to love video games, right? Like I was the guy who I got a headset on right now. Like this, I'm in my element right now with this headset on. And if I had an Xbox controller or a PS PS two or PS three controller in my hand playing <laughs> modern warfare, like, Andrea used to work like she, she used to be do like robo calls. So she would work like at night and at different hours. And I used to love it. Cause I'd be like, Oh, now's my time to get on and put my handle on my handle was Achilles. So I'm like Achilles with a J. And so like, I'm sitting down and I'm literally like this, probably like two feet away from the TV. I've got my chair, I got my drinks and I got my headset on. So we're, we're just going to war. Right. <clears throat> so we moved back to Midland and uh, Carter was born or whatever. And I'm like sitting on the couch. We're sitting on the, he's just sitting next to me. Like, you know, he can't do anything. And I just had something told me, I don't know where it came from, but it was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like you're sitting here playing video games. Like your son is sitting right here. Like you got to get basically what it was like get your shit together man (laughs) you know and so ever since then i like i like sold the sold the games i i mean i don't even really play i play with my kids now because they want to play but i'm i'm not even into it then i'm just doing it because they want to do it but i think there's something there like you said like that's what we were like born to do like the family is where it's at and for a man it's like you know you need to you know knit that thing together and then how do you help thrive and survive you know and so yeah. Really I think two things there. Like one was I spent a lot of time on my phone trying to figure out what videos I'm going to create. Right. That was part of my business. That was it. And I was like, Oh, when I'm trying to rock this baby to sleep, I'll just put my headphones in and I'll listen to podcasts and I'll look at this stuff. And then I realized I was like, this is the moment where I can like be with him, create the silence that I talk about, check in. These are built in every single day of feeding twice a day that I get to do and just be in silence with him. That's awesome. And I didn't realize what I was messing up until, right? Like I was sitting there and like, again, I don't know where it came from just like you, but it did. And now it's like, nope, when I'm with him, I'm with him. And I'm not perfect, but like, I really try to make that like my focus. 100%, man. Well, as somebody, you know, I've got older kids, I got 27, 22 and 15 and the, uh, you know, that doesn't go away. Now I started, you know, I flipped the switch when my kids were later in life, the 27 and the 22 year old, uh, harassed the 15 year old. Like you don't even know how good you have it. The dad you have compared to the one we had, you know, like, it's just, it's just different. And, uh, my relationship with the younger ones, you know, probably healthier than the older ones. Um, and that's something we're working on, but it doesn't go away. Like I'm looking, when you talk about what you want, like I opened up in my journal here, the, what do I want? You know, number one is great relationships with Christ, Holly and the boys. And so that doesn't go away. Like trying to figure out how to help them or how to, to, you know, to pour into them. And 
the older they get, the more frustrating it has gotten. Um, because I, you know, especially with the older ones where I know that I missed some opportunities. So not living in that, not bringing guilt into it, but just doing what I can now to do it. And like the, you know, my 22 year old hit me up on text yesterday. Hey, I got to figure out a way to make some money. And I'm like, well, do you want help? You know, like before I would jump in and before I just give him some ideas. I'm like, well, do you want help? Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, well, you want my help. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, dude. That's good. And he said, yeah. So now he's, yeah, you know, and so now that's, I can work on it. Cause the other thing on my want list is I want my boys to invest in real estate because I know they don't see it, but I know, I don't care what they do in life. If they invest in real estate, I know that's going to help them in life. And so, so now like, I'm just looking at that and the conversation comes up and Hey, if you want my help, I'm here. And so that, that desire to, you know, go from feeding and spending that time um, doesn't go away. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's, you know, my oldest is 27 and uh, that desire is still there. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, good. good. Uh, this is a, this is a lifelong journey, right? I would say one of the things that it's opened up my eyes to do is uh, so my dad and I, we were close, went to the academy. We kind of grew apart, had some like, you know, some tension, thrown back together. But now that I have Luca, I'm like, damn, I was kind of an asshole to you. I, I'm sorry, right? Like I didn't know <laughs> all the stuff that you had gone through to get me here. I apologize, right? And so now it's like made our relationship better. And so it's like, you just see, you know, I feel like, you know, you talk about playing video games, you know, Grand Theft Auto, you explore the map. Now you get to see the whole map. I feel like I just uncovered another piece of the map in my life. I'm like, oh, oh, we got to explore this a little bit. And it's that part's been cool too. It's like now I'm getting better relationships with my parents and my dad specifically. So that's awesome, man. That's really good too, Jerry. I like what you did. I like, I just, I love, I laughed, but that's like really good. You said, you know, do you want help? And then do you want my help? That's that, man. That's, I feel like that's a nugget like anybody could take from anything. Like, especially I, I was like the picture that popped in my head was just me and Andrea. Like when something comes up, it's like, I was like, I just wrote that one down mentally. I'm like, damn, I'm using that. <laughs> like, hey, well, you just want me to like, you just want to be in this right now and let's talk through it. Or you want help? Like, cause I'm, I can fix it. You know? <laughs> well, sorry, That's we, I, yeah. I, I've tended to just fix it for them. And that's probably caused some of, like especially my 27 year old being that I've been the fixer that now he's having trouble fixing things. Cause yeah. I didn't give him that skill. I did, you know, I did it for him. I didn't give him that skill. Yeah. When you were 27 from 27 to like 31 that you grow up so much. Mm-hmm. So like you're giving it to him now, which is incredible because yeah. that skill set can still be learned. hundred percent. He's not listening now, but <laughs> He's listening, man. Yeah. He's getting something, something yeah. in there. And then there'll be that epiphany. The same way Serge just said yeah. about his pops, the same thing's going to happen, man. I look, it's so wild, man. It's like, you're like in the, uh, I don't even know what, what you're in. It's, it's not the matrix, but it's like, I can't think of the other movie where it's like all the crazy stuff happens. And it's like, I looked up one day and I was like, 
man, yeah, I don't appreciate my parents enough, man. <laughs> like, especially when you have four, I got four kids running around, right? So I got like seven, five or seven, nine, seven, five, and then an eight month old, nine month old. And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's love right there, man. <laughs> like I probably would have did some things a little bit differently than my parents, but I'm like, that's love, <laughs> you know, yeah. either way. <laughs> For sure. Well, um, you kind of realize like, you know, like I tell the 27 year old who's frustrated, go, dude, like you, you know, your mom had you at 20, you know, she was making these decisions that you don't even have to make yet. And she was 20, you're 27. Like it's exactly, we don't, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Just like, you we, don't know what you're doing, you know, figuring it out. And you think all the training we do, man, like I was like, my parents weren't, they weren't doing any training, you know, like they were just, they were doing exactly what they, what their mom and dad came up with. And I look at my parents and my dad grew up when the, it was still segregated here, you know? And so it's like, dude, that is the wildest thing to think like from where my dad is to where I am right now is like, he could never even fathom what is going on right now you know so it's just uh it's just cool to see all that and then see the evolution so that's that's awesome man i'm excited about uh to watch you guys grow yeah i'm stoked for you guys to meet them like you're saying you know it's funny like we take these skills from our parents we take the stuff that we like and we apply it we take the stuff we don't like and we figure out how we want to do it you know i think that's a cool part about this too is like I feel now I also feel like a really big responsibility for me to continue to grow and outrun him so that when he's, you know, older, he can be emotional, emotionally available. Cause my dad sometimes isn't, and I am, I'm better. Right. I want to make sure that he, you know, kind of filters down, like breaking some of these generational things, but yeah, like it, we're just in the beginning of this little science experiment and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been cool. I'm excited for you guys to meet him one day. Yeah, for sure. We'll I have a thought on that. It's like, I think your our job is to, uh, you know, in sports, that sports analogy again, you know, you always have like the most valuable player and like, there's always that award, the most improved player. Like that's our job as dads is to earn the most improved player. Like my dad was here and I need to, I need to improve it so much that I win that most improved player award because I'm not going to be perfect, but you know, I'm going to level it up and then, try to instill them and that they need to level it up. And so as we generationally go as fathers, we get, we get way better. Yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Well, good, man. Loved, uh, loved all the combo here, catching up and all that. What, um, what did maybe we, what did we not ask you? Is there something we didn't ask you something that, uh, maybe you wanted to chat about that we didn't. Oh, I got one thing, but go ahead on that. No, I don't have anything. I honestly, I just, uh, I love what you guys do. I know Jerry and I were talking about this before you hopped on. Like you guys just, you guys don't know it. Well, we haven't talked, but I still look up to you guys a lot. And, uh, as dads, as business owners, like I didn't realize what I had in our friendships until like, until Luca came. And so I just wanted to take a second and just say thank you to you guys because for the longest time, right? Like I was a hot, I was acting a little bit like a hot shot, which is fine. I was fine in my way but you guys were always steady and never like judge me on it and kind of just kind of like guide me along the way. And so I just wanted to say thank you for, to you guys. Yeah, man, for sure. That's great. I love hearing that. The thing I do have to ask though, because if you're listening to this, you got to go and you got to check out Sergio's TikToks or check out his Instagram reels and all that. So 
where does the create where does it come from where does the where is the creativity come from where is the where's the lab for you know sergio's tiktok you know tiktok creations is it all just in that nugget up there or what i mean i got a big head my man but you know it comes up in those moments of silence right sometimes when i'm working out sometimes when i'm in the shower you know sometimes when i'm scrolling through and i'm like i don't really know how this is going to play out but i know that i'll figure it out it's really just like it's a constant just my brain is just firing all the time and i think that platform is perfect for the way i think oh, it's just i love it fun. it's so fun so if you're listening to this and you're on TikTok, I know I, I just recently got on TikTok. I'm moving on there. I'm 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 finally bit the bullet. So I'm I'm there. He's been I fighting it. it. He's been I see it. it. I see it as a business strategy now. So I'm good. Like I just didn't want to get sucked into the matrix of like checking out videos. But um it's just always funny to me because Andrea and I, we, we do a lot of talking before we go to bed. Like once we put the kids down, then we're in the bed together. We'll, we're both still on our phones, but she'll just be laughing. And she'll be like, did you see this video from Sergio? And I'm like, I get like a, most of them, you know, I see most of them, but I'm not like just scrolling through looking at your stuff. But she's like, it is hilarious. Look at this. And so we're like laying in bed and she's like showing me your videos, like laughing in, in bed. So, uh, so if you have... Yeah, man. So if you have not seen Sergio's TikToks or his Instagram reels or whatever, you've got to check them out. They are worth the worth watching for sure. And they're educational is the crazy thing. They're funny, entertaining, and they're educational. It's good. I appreciate that. Thank you. I try to make it right. A little bit of all that, you know, I got to the point where I just thought real estate's boring. It's boring. Like I'm just to be real. It is boring. A little more fun. And like, I mean, you guys know the agents that are like, take themselves so seriously. <laughs> like, no, we're selling homes. We're not saving lives. <laughs> so uh, sweet, man. That's hilarious. Well, all right, man. We enjoyed it as we always do. I think we're going to do a third one for sure as well, man. We'll let you get a little more daddy experience under your belt. Then we'll pull you back in. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. I know everybody's going to love this episode. Thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.